everybody, welcome back to Draco's Den, and we're going to continue my series um, on character analysis. Um, we're talking about the characters from my books, and I'm giving some background info on, you know, how I created them, uh, what inspired them, if there was a real person that inspired them, or, you know, as we should know by now, some of them are mythological characters, and I kind of tweaked and picked and chose what I wanted, you know, to keep about them and what I didn't. So today I'm going to cover a surprisingly popular one. Um, this one is Adonis. Um, and he wound up being more popular with people who did not know who he, who he was based on than I really expected. So I figured I would go ahead and talk about him. Um, so let's start with the basics. Adonis was based on a person of the same name that I went to middle and high school with. And I want to use this time to clear up some misconceptions about Adonis because when Adonis gets his own book, um, I get to flesh him out a little bit more as I get to focus directly on him when he'll be a main character. The person he was based off of, though, was, you know, every, he pretty much lived up to his namesake. He was the pretty boy. Um, you know, he was fairly athletic, but he was an asshole, to be quite frank, which is why when you first meet Adonis, he comes across a little asshole-ish. Um, and when I originally put Adonis into this story and paired him with Brandon, it was kind of a joke thing. Because it's kind of something that the original, you know, the person he's based off of would probably find somewhat insulting that he would be a closet case queer. Um, now, ignoring the fact that he probably pretty much is, I really didn't get along with his namesake until junior and senior year. Junior and senior year, he, you know, grew up a little bit. And you know, realize it didn't really behoove him to be as much of a dick towards someone like myself, especially when someone like myself knew his girlfriends. So I put him in a book kind of as a joke, and then I kind of liked him opposite the Brandon character. I liked him um, because he was different. He would be different than what Brandon would normally go for or being that Brandon is technically me exaggerated and you know embellished a little bit um Adonis will be the opposite of what I would go for not looks wise you know the pretty boy thing that does appeal to me and therefore and it does appeal to Brandon but his personality rubs me the wrong way um he's very arrogant he's very cocky he's very full of himself he's pretty much overly self-assured like he knows he's going to get what he wants and much like his namesake you know he didn't always do his his own work you know the person he's based off of liked to copy off me or have me you know when we were in class and he would inevitably fall asleep on my shoulder he would wake up during you know the reading times whatever and want me to tell him you know where we were and all that so the Adonis character is kind of a douche 
to be quite perfectly honest. Um, he is just kind of used to things going his way. I think that kind of got missed because he has a humbling moment, you know, when he gets the school gets attacked and he's aware of what's attacking them. Let's be fair, you know, Adonis in this lifetime, in this incarnation as a character in the book, was a follower of Jarrell's, so he knew about the paranormal. He knew to run because he himself is human. However, just because they follow Jarrell, just because Jarrell takes a liking to them, doesn't necessarily mean that they're great people, because let's face it, you know, if you believe in a higher power, does your higher power hate, you know, does everyone that follows your higher power actually turn out to be a decent human being? Not necessarily. So, and, you know, this in this case, you know, this is where I embellish a little bit, you know, this was tradition so his family had always followed Jarrell so therefore Adonis follows Jarrell and not that there's any problem with that but let's not mistake him being a follower a loyal follower of Jarrell for meaning that he's always an entirely good person he's actually an asshole um and when I wrote him into the first story after I got over the the joke of it and actually made something serious about it we have the attack. We have, you know, him realizing, okay, Brandon's actually Jarrell's grandson. So Brandon knows about all this. Clearly, he's part of all this. And, you know, Brandon's need to protect, you know, humans. Then we have a little bonding moment because then it's like, oh, okay, not only that, you're also gay. Which works. Now, I will say this, different from his real-life counterpart, I did make him entirely gay. But that's part of the insult. Don't give a fuck. Um, but... From here, you know, as I got into the story, I was like, okay, the idea originally was that Adonis was meant to be Brandon's soulmate. That was who he was supposed to end up with. So when I get through the first book, you know, they've been real good with each other and, you know, they seem to be together. They were together by the end of the first book. You know, they'd reached an understanding. Now, I didn't get time to illustrate you know, all of the problems that, you know, they might potentially have, honestly, because after the first book, when I come into the second book, Brandon has been gone for almost two years. You know, they've gone from age 15, 16 to now age 18. So over two years, really. Um, and during this time, they never officially broke up. So here's where I have to put in a little thing that, that kind of make you look sideways at Adonis. When we, if you've gone from book one to book two and you see at book two, Adonis is with Phil. Just to be clear, Adonis is cheating on Brandon. Sort of. It's kind of one of those things where you almost excuse it because Brandon had no way to be in contact with him. But the other part, of me would say that he should have fucking waited until you know, like he knew Brandon was alive. Obviously, you know, he has a direct line to Brandon's grandfather and Brandon's grandfather knows Brandon is very much alive and he knows why he is where he is and what he has to do. But since there was no official end to their relationship prior to Brandon leaving, 
when Adonis gets with Phil, Adonis is technically straying. He's decided he can't wait and he's decided to move on. But since there wasn't an agreement or an actual termination of the relationship, he's really in two relationships at once. Just in case you thought that there was, you know, if, if you want to side with Adonis, I mean, I guess suppose you can. It's all how you look at it. But at me as the author, I'm telling you, per the, you know, the way that I wrote them and the way that I see it and the way that the characters would see it, Adonis cheated on Brandon. Um, you know, he really shouldn't have gotten with Phil without, you know, making it known who he had been with before or finding a way to get a message to Brandon, you know, to end things and tell him he can't wait. Now, Brandon, of course, was nice enough to say, well, you know, I kind of get it. I've been gone for two and a half years or whatever. But this does not redeem Adonis in my eyes. And I think where a lot of people saw some redemption for Adonis is because Adonis had to make a lot of, he made a sacrifice. He made the ultimate sacrifice. But let's face it, that wasn't as noble as he would make it seem. I mean, sure, Jarrell theoretically could have found a way around it. But at the end of the day, Adonis wound up being a pawn in Jarrell's game. Jarrell wanted Lucifer dead, and the only way he could sucker him into a place where he could get to him and he'd be weak was to sacrifice Adonis. Now, when I got into the second book, like I established this before, Phil was not supposed to be Brandon's soulmate. He was supposed to be the one that was going to be sacrificed. And being that he, you know, Phil is... Fenrir's grandson, there is a little more of a direct connection to Jarrell. So one would think that might hurt a little bit more, and it would still be a sacrifice, and it probably would have been. The way my characters work, they kind of decide their own path, so they're the ones that decide to switch things around on me. Adonis had to go because ultimately he wasn't really right for either of the two of them. Um, he is selfish. He's very arrogant. He's very demanding honestly you know it's he was the central point of contention between brandon and phil when they met obviously they were both you know dating him fucking him whatever so there wasn't i don't see adonis as a, as good of a guy as as some of my readers have seen i didn't i and i purposely didn't write him that way he's not he's I can't stress this enough. He's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> um, with, with the sacrifice thing, that was part of a prophecy that he kind of was just like, well, shit, I can't get around it. And to his credit, he legitimately did want to see Brandon and Phil happy. And he did recognize the spark between the two and would later come to understand what it meant. He was just the means for the two of them to meet, but they were meant for each other. He has to find something or someone else. Um, and I think a lot of sympathy that everyone has for him is drawn up from the fact that he does get sacrificed, he does die, and it's not really all that fair because he's the only one that's human out of this bunch. And no matter how much of a douchebag he was, he wasn't enough of a douchebag that he should be a pawn in the game of two gods trying to off each other. So... I've noticed a lot of people kind of gravitated towards him. And then there is, you know, he does kind of give the final nudge and the blessing for Brandon and 
fail to be together, but I want to kind of establish this. If Adonis had not sacrificed himself, if he had lived, they'd found another way to kill Lucifer, Adonis would absolutely have bounced back and forth between Brandon and Phil, and they never would have gotten together. There's no way I could have worked them into a three-way situation that everyone would consent to. Um, because too much of it would have centered around Adonis and his wants and his needs, and not Brandon and Phil's. You know, Phil needed confidence. He needed direction. He needed to feel like he was, you know, his own person, whether that, you know, whether he would have maintained the status quo that he was at, which means he knew he was a werewolf, but he was content to live a semi-normal life and kind of do basic human things. I don't think he would have ever fought alongside Brandon if Adonis stayed alive, aside from the initial, you know, big battle at the end of book two. There is no way if Adonis survived that Phil and Brandon would be able to get along. And they would never have been able to see that they were, you know, supposed to be together because Adonis would be in the way. And even if he had tried to make a choice, I can guarantee you, they their situation would have turned into like all of the drama from the Noah's Ark series. It would have been a constant back and forth. Remember when Noah and Wade broke up because Noah cheated on Wade, but Wade couldn't stay away from Noah? And then Wade got with another boyfriend. He still kept coming back to Noah. And the whole thing ended with that big-ass car accident because Wade was got caught fucking Noah again. That would have been something similar, but on a much bigger scale, if I had left Adonis alive. And, you know, I kind of just wanted to establish that there, there are some bad parts to Adonis' personality. He would not have made a decision between the two of them unless forced, and he still would have played them against each other. Only while he was dead would he have the clarity and the humility to actually say, I want you both to be happy and you two belong together. And, you, and since he's dead, he can kind of see your souls belong together. He'd say alive. He wouldn't have had that enlightened frame of thought. Now, you know, one might ask, would Jarrell have eventually intervened? No. Because it's an issue of free will. And at the end of the day... All three of them were adults. All three of them made their choices. And the only thing that Jarrell would have intervened in is he would not have allowed Brandon to kill Phil. But as far as the back and forth between them, yeah, when Adonis would ask him, he would probably tell him, dude, you need to make a fucking choice or let them both go. But since he doesn't like to meddle so directly, he wouldn't have tried to split them up. He would have let them come to their own conclusion which through since Adonis was human, that's probably a solid 50, 60, 70 years of back and forth drama between the three of them. Adonis had to be removed from the equation for Brandon and Phil to work. Now, I know this leaves the question, you know, how is Adonis getting his own book? Well, I'm not going to spoil all of that. But let's just say deals can be struck with Hades that would allow someone to return to life as long as you meet the requirements of his deal. And at this stage, there is absolutely no way that I would allow Adonis to actually break Brandon and fill up. But I will say that if he's anywhere where they can reach him, 
he would be a, a slight source of tension, mainly because there's a little, there's still a little insecurity in between Bran and Phil. Obviously, after Relinquish Mercy, they are fully together. They are married. They are good. And they were married before Hera. There's no breaking that shit. That does not necessarily mean a bitch would stop trying. And Adonis can be a bit of a bitch. And because he's so full of himself, you know, who's to say upon returning to life, he wouldn't say, well, you know, I want this one, I want that one, why can't I have you both, so on and so forth. But if you were thinking that I would bring Adonis back and that they would end in a three-way relationship based on that little dream sequence from Relinquish Mercy, I'll go ahead and kill that idea. No. Adonis has to have somebody else. And here would be my thing. Knowing what I know of Adonis and his level of arrogance, his overall being used to getting exactly what he wants when he wants it, he actually needs somebody that would challenge him. Someone that would make him do the chasing instead of them chasing him. Someone that can remind him that the world does not revolve around him just because he's fucking pretty. Someone that would make him grow up. Fully. And both Brandon and Phil, for him, were enablers. Yes, Brandon would call him out on some of his shit. I'm not going to deny that part. He, he absolutely would call him out on his shit. But ultimately, he would end up letting Adonis get his way most times. He would have been content if Adonis had not died and Adonis wanted to play the back and forth game. If Adonis was like, well, I'm with Phil now and doesn't seem fair to leave him for you. Brandon would actually have been the one that would unfortunately have been content fucking him on the side. He would absolutely have done that. Is that something I'm proud of or that the characters would be proud of? No. Well, Brandon's a little cocky sometimes too so he would absolutely kind of uh, lord that over phil's head it wouldn't be a secret or not a very well kept one and it ultimately would not doesn't make brandon look very positive but to me that's realistic brandon would have caved into what adonis wanted he would have bitched about it who called him on his shit he might have even come to a point where he would say i think phil deserves a little bit better than this but that does not mean he would actually be willing to walk away anytime soon. Phil, on the other hand, was very passive when he was with Adonis. So he would have allowed all of this to go on, no matter how much it hurt him. And neither he nor Brandon would have looked any deeper to figure out that, hey, we need to eliminate this middle guy because we're supposed to be. They would have never come to that conclusion. Adonis wouldn't have allowed it. So... Moving forward, in the next book, here are some things to expect. Adonis will be an asshole. He is not going to be the self-sacrificing type, nor do I want him to be. The sacrifice he made, while semi-noble, was ultimately something he was forced to do. Now that he doesn't have gods playing in his life, you know, demanding that he do things so that one god can get back at another... Adonis is not going to be the most likable guy. He will have some likable traits, I'm sure. It's, he does have a sense of loyalty. It's just that he allowed himself to be torn between two. We won't have that problem in his book. I can guarantee he will not end up with Brandon or Phil. 
they are together and they are staying together. I am not breaking up any soulmate couples in the Dragon Hunter series that I have paired together. Once they're together, they're together. And while they will have problems, you know, like any relationship does, the problem will not be them fucking Adonis at this point. They are secure in their relationship enough to say, okay, Adonis can, you know, find his own. That doesn't stop them from caring about him. That doesn't stop them from checking in on him. That doesn't stop them from being protective of him and wanting to see him happy. But now that they've been together, Brandon and Phil can actually be more of that sounding board that will point out some of his issues and things that he did wrong and things that he needs to fucking change if he wants whoever comes into his life next. And I will not, you know, play too much of the Mr. Game, so it will be a man. But I've already created this character for Adonis. And, and who he ends up with is someone that will challenge him because they're not going to immediately cave into his charms. And that's something to also consider. Not only is he pretty, he's actually very charming. He can sweet talk his way in anything. Normally. I have to give him a partner who won't allow the sweet talk to immediately sway them. They're going to make Adonis work for this shit. And they're going to be someone that, unlike Brandon, who, while technically, when he met Adonis, he was half, um, let's see, basically, you really have to divide him in thirds. He was a third human, a third dragon, and a third demon. And very powerful. Phil was, you know, is a werewolf. This person that I'm pairing Adonis with will not be so lofty not necessarily be so unstoppable in the way that Brandon is or on kind of untouchable in the way that Phil has become, you know, Brandon is now literally the God of darkness and shadows. Phil is his lover. And at this point, kind of on, on par with his grandfather, Fenrir. So I'm, I can't pair Adonis with someone that insanely strong, but I will pair him with somebody powerful, and they have to be powerful not only in terms of the supernatural aspect, his personality is very powerful. He is going to be a little stubborn. He's going to make Adonis work. He's not going to just fall all over himself because the pretty boy is interested in him. He's not going to give up the goods on the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth night. Adonis is going to have to do some soul searching and, you know, my plan in his book is for him to come to terms with the arrogant parts of his personality, as well as we know he's a reincarnation of an ancient goddess, Verlaine, the creator of the angels and the fae and all of them. I imagine he will have some interactions with the archangels, the first of them that were created by Verlaine because they wanted him originally anyway. But Adonis now gets the chance to actually be what he wants to be. So things that he will do that won't be expected. For one, he's going to go back to college. I'll give you all some of that. Um, he is going uh, to be an architect or something along those lines. He is going to try having the normal life that there was no way in the hell he would ever have, whether he ended up with Brandon or Phil. If he had never met Phil and just ended up Brandon, he would never have had a normal life. And vice versa. If, you know, if Brandon had came back and said, okay, it's cool, y'all stay together with Phil, he would never have had a normal life. 
nothing resembling it. They, there would always be something really big and bad around the corner that would suck him in. And I'm not saying that his life will be completely normal with this individual, but it will not, you know, he won't get caught in between, you know, issues with the gods anymore. And we'll have more time to focus on what does he want to do with himself besides the, the architecture thing? You know, what more does he want to be? And his partner is a talented individual who does not need Adonis and who can kind of take some of Adonis to shine based on the fact that he's talented. Not just, you know, otherworldly, like he has actual innate regular human talents. I've come up with him. He, I can tell you he is a choreographer and a singer. So, you know, he'll have Adonis has to deal with somebody who has a lot of things that they can put before him. And in order for Adonis to fit in this person's life, he has to do something worthy to fit in their life. It's not going to be, you know, well, like with Brandon, Brandon can literally just teleport in and be like, okay, here's our time together, however long. No. Adonis has to make himself worthy of this new partner. And he's going to have to look at his shortcomings and his failings and the things that he did wrong in his last relationships. I.e. the fact that he's going to have to admit at some point he cheated on Brandon. And that emotionally he was kind of cheating on Phil too. And he's going to have to admit that part of himself that knows that there is no way in the hell he would have allowed them to be happy if he hadn't died. And I'm going to enjoy kind of humbling this character a little bit, but that flash of arrogance is never going to go away. He's always going to use his looks to his advantage. And he's always going to have just this air about himself where you know sometimes, most times, that he thinks he's better than you. I'm not going to erase that from him because it's kind of just who he is. But he's going, he's going to have some humbling moments and we'll see how you know he gets around to the person that he's ultimately meant for. It is, and obviously this person is not godly in nature. So in case anyone thought I was going to switch back and pair him with somebody, you know, like Jarrell or some shit. No, <laughs> that would be weird on multiple levels. Um, there will definitely be some conflict around the angels based on who he used to be. But let's remember that while he is the reincarnation of said goddess, he's only the reincarnation of her essence. He does not have her power. Her power was given to Anaya. So, you can count on seeing some more interactions with Brandon and Phil, but more in a, you know, when he finally realized he's being an arrogant ass and he's wondering what's wrong with him. I can see Brandon and Phil coming in to give him a reality check and, you know, give him the hard truth that they've already realized, accepted, forgave him for, but that Adonis needs to realize, accept, and forgive himself for. And then, you know, we'll see what else comes along for him. I'm not going to leave Adonis defenseless this time around. You know, like it's only fair that when he's around, he has a way to defend himself and We'll see how the relationship develops between him and his new 
partner and his old partners who are now partnered with each other. But that's the quick analysis on Adonis for right now. Um, hope I burst a few bubbles as far as how nice of a character he is, because honestly, he's not. And prepare in this next book, when I do publish the Adonis book, I will burst some more of your bubbles. And I will get a little bit more into the the basics of his personality beyond the, you know, dealing with the supernatural shit. Just that human aspect of him that it makes him what he is. So, this is the second one. Um, yeah, as far as the character analysis, I'm going to review a couple others. Uh, you know, some of them are couples. So, I think next around, we're going to tackle Victoria and Aries because I, I got some things on Victoria that need to be established with fans. So, if as usual, if you have some feedback on this episode, you can reach out on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Draco's Den, or the website, dracosden.com. Also, keep in mind that there are subscriptions available uh, if you're listening on Anchor now, and there will be special episodes for subscribers, meaning the subscribers will be able to get their requested episodes that they will have first access to above everyone else. All right. Beyond that, I'm going to go ahead and cut this here and come back for the next one because Victoria and Aries are the next characters that I'm covering. (music) 